Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed Ed, myself, Steve, and we're very happy to welcome Mike back, who's been on hiatus. Yeah. Awesome. Good to be uh, back. I guess. Welcome back, Mike. <laughs> Thanks. I guess we will first discuss last night's elections. We're lucky we got people here from a whole bunch of different states. So, Mike, um, let you go first, since on my screen you're on top and you're yeah, well, it, it, as far what as, happened and what does it mean in New Jersey? As far as New Jersey, it's the same old, same old. It's like the movie Groundhog's Day. Every every time they have a chance to make inroads, uh, when the entire legislature is up, like it was this year in an off year election, um, they they fail. <laughs> I mean, I can't even say they fail because fail suggests trying, and and the NJGOP stands for nothing. They do nothing. Forget about playing the new game about vote by mail and early voting and all that. They're, you know, forget about the tactics. It's it, it as Ed could tell you. It's it's philosophical. It's a willingness to fight and stand for something and earn people's votes. There's none of that. There's been none of that in 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 decades, as far as the NJGOP is concerned. They give people like me really no reason to to go out and vote for them. Um, and they lost, they lost, uh, at least three assembly seats, possibly more. They gained a couple of years ago. You'll remember there was, it was kind of surprising. Murphy seemed like he was in trouble there, uh, against a Republican challenger. Uh, he obviously pulled it out and the Republicans did gain about six seats back in the assembly that year. Uh, and then also the, uh, the guy Ed Durr, who defeated the sitting Senate president at that time, shockingly. Uh, well, Durr is a one-hit wonder. He's gone. And again, possibly three up to six assembly seats lost. So the uh, Democrats could have a supermajority, possibly again in the assembly. And I think they're one vote shy in, in the Senate. So th that's New Jersey in a nutshell. Um, disappointingly, I had three pro-parental rights candidates in my school district that lost. Um, this was the Westwood, New Jersey school district, which really became one of the lightning rods where the left, uh, the teachers union, the mob descended on the board uh, meetings time after time over the last year. And I think they won that PR battle as far as I, I can tell. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, there were people in my town from time to time that I would talk to and say, what's going on with this board? And, da, da, da. and it's like they successfully made the, the board look like the radical nut jobs. Not the people pushing the crazy sex ed curriculum and all that stuff. So, yeah, not a, not a good day in New Jersey. Okay, so nothing positive, really. No, I, I did hear that they may have done well on some other school boards throughout the state, but I, I don't know all the details on that. But when it comes to the legislature, no, not not at all. Okay, did you have a governor election yesterday? No, no. Again, New Jersey is weird. It's like off year. So the governor's election was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. I thought well, I saw that a Republican won a seat on the Bergen County Board of uh, Commissioners. Commissioners? Commissioners? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was really close. And the last time I checked, uh, the Democrats were ahead. So I don't I don't know. Bergen County was actually really, really close. Um, one of the state senators um, who represents like Paramus. Uh, he, uh, it was close, but he, he, the last time I checked, he was, he had pulled away. So that's kind of the story in Bergen County and, and Bergen County is an area where it used to be pretty red. 
when I was growing up and now it's, it's just blue in a lot of areas. Um, I'm in one of the only really red areas, reliably red. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Moving on south. Ed P, you got Virginia covered, right? We're not hearing you. Uh, silence is golden. <laughs> Depends what he let's has. Go to, let's go to Ed. Ed M. All right. Well, so um, I, you know, can, there you I are. Can, can you hear? Can you hear me now? Now we got you. I realize that, like, um, you know, in our youth, like, can me, can you hear me now? Never happened, but now it happens all the time. So it looks like it, it looks like not all the votes are counted, but it looks like the Republicans will pick up one seat in the uh, Senate and will lose a few seats in the House, basically turning both bodies over to the Democrats. Um, in my district, we had a moderate Democrat senator. He was uh, defeated in the primary by a communist, and that communist went along to win the seat. So there was, uh, for some, you know, reasonable, moderate uh, reforms in a pro-liberty direction, there was a kind of working majority in the Senate, even though it was uh, 22 to 18 Democrat, and now it's 21 to 19, but I don't think uh, there's a workable majority for reform especially when it comes to trans and kids and and uh you know porn in schools and that sort of thing I, I don't think there's a workable majority anymore even though the republicans picked up a seat republicans lost a few seats in the house um and the democrats i think are gonna again a few races are undecided but it looks like the democrats are gonna leave 51 to 49 in the house um the uh the house of delegates is the body that appoints um, unilaterally appoints uh, Supreme Court justices. So that's kind of bad. And um, I think, uh, I don't know whether there's going to be a workable majority. Now, the good news, to the extent that there's any good news in this, is uh, an article I just sent out that I read that said that the Republicans won every district that was Biden plus nine or less. Um, and that it was the Democrats who controlled the legislature back in 2019 to 2021, who uh, did the redistricting and gerrymandered the crap out of everything to be pro-Democrat. And this is the first election, and it was the results of the gerrymandering. So even though um, the even though the uh, the election was technically a loss if the Republicans won every every district that was Biden plus nine or below. That actually doesn't bode as poorly as um, you might think for uh, for twenty twenty four. But overall, the Republicans lost a little ground, right? Yes. Lost yes. a little ground. And what was the governor's position on abortion after Dobbs? Well, the governor, 
in New right. Jersey, the government in Virginia wanted to institute a 15 week uh, abortion mm-hmm. ban. And uh, and now he's not going to. Uh, Virginia, you know, there is no there was no snapback provision. So, uh, you know, basically abortion is legal in Virginia all the way up, probably past the time of birth. Okay, Ed N. Following North Carolina. Um, well, North Carolina and and Michigan, where I am now, didn't have statewide races. Um, I didn't really follow a lot of the local local races, honestly. Um, I don't think that there was a wave one way or the other. Uh, certainly, nothing that that was you know coming you know that was obvious. Um, but I think that I think that unlike Ed, I I don't I'm not positive about how this looks for 2024. Uh, I, I think Mike is a little more pessimistic, and I, I sort of lean that way. Um, I think that the Republican Party has an identity crisis to the extent that it has an identity at all. Yeah, and. Um, you know, this is an election where Biden is so unpopular that it should have been really easy to just put him as a, as a as an anchor around the neck of every Democrat and make them run on Biden's record. And how the Republicans fail to do that in, you know, not just New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey's a lost cause, but Virginia, you know, the governor's race in Kentucky was one that I was following. Um, you know, I. I those are races that should have that that in, in in this kind of political environment shouldn't have even been close. The Republicans should have won them very easily. The, the Kentucky thing, especially because that Kentucky governor Bashir, he he was such a COVID nutcase. Um, it should have run like a hundred percent on his COVID totalitarianism, but apparently they didn't. The Republicans didn't stand up for us during COVID and they're not standing up for us after COVID on those same issues. And, you know, the the Republican Party needs to decide, do we want to do we really want to win? And and I think I think another elephant in the room is Donald Trump. Orange elephant. huh? The orange elephant in the room. I, I think fair or unfair the country has decided that they do not like Donald Trump. We may like him. We may think that he's good. It may be an unfair, and I think it is an unfair assessment. Um, despite my misgivings about him, I think he was a pretty good president and he has potential to do a good job again. But it is just obvious to me that this guy is, he if he is at the top of the ticket, he will lead the Republicans to an epic disaster next year. And... <clears throat> You know, the Republicans need to figure out, you know, do we want, you know, are we so afraid of Trump that we're willing to go down with the, you know, take the ship down? Because there are a lot of people that are just not going to vote for him. And I'm not talking about how he how he is a lightning rod for the Democrat base to get them out. I I think I'm going to say this. I think in 2016, there were a lot of people who lied to pollsters because they didn't want to say that they were for Trump. And I think, I mean, I've, I've talked on this show about how 
I think the polls are skewed and not accurate. But uh, one thing that I haven't pointed out, I focus mostly on methodology and and just the difficulty in getting a good scientific sample. But I think the same way people were afraid to say they were for Trump in 16, I think that there are people that are afraid to tell pollsters that they're against him this time. And I just think that, that, that even within the Republican Party, he just is not, there are too many moderates and, and squishes in the Republican Party in the first place, and they don't like him. And you're not going to win without those squishes. I don't like them. I mean, I would like to start a new party and and build from that. But as long as we're all in one big tent, uh, it, it, it's just it's bizarre because Trump has tried his best to make friends with them. You know, he he championed McCarthy. Um, he championed Mitch McConnell. He's championed Lindsey Graham. I mean, he's he's he certainly made his outreach to the to the rhino crowd, but they don't like them. Some of them are afraid of them. And some of them, you know, but what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not disputing the sentiment of what you're saying to, to an extent, but I don't think Donald Trump played a role in the New Jersey elections. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think he played even a, that big a role in, in the Virginia election. I, what I think, about the Kentucky election? He, he came out heavily perhaps. for the, for Cameron. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, to to paint with a broad brush, though, I'm not I'm not sure that that's accurate for this cycle. You know what I mean? And, and I and I think that uh, you know the the A word, I think, is more of a factor this year, right? It's like the gift that keeps on giving to the Democrats right now in the wake of Dobbs. And, and I'm I'm not sure that we have all appreciated how much that it is contributing to things. I mean, there's a lot of variables. Every time we go through one of these elections, we talk about why, why, why. There's a lot of variables. Trump is a variable. Abortion is a, a, a variable. Um, you know, all, all the school board stuff and parental rights and all, all this stuff is out there. But I, I, don't, I don't know how much of a role Trump played in this off-year election. So, you know, with three quarters of the public supposedly saying the country's going in the wrong direction, Trump not on the ballot this time, that kind of moves towards abortion as being the bigger issue than Trump. Although all the articles I've managed to read, they back and forth, whether it was abortion, whether it was Trump. Abortion seems to be a biggie. It's mind boggling that people will let the country go straight to hell and the world go straight to hell just to preserve the right for abortion. And yet that seems to be what's happening. I, I, Let, we, t- we talk about this all the time too. The leftists, the, they don't care about the economy. They don't care. Not, they don't care. Left, see, here's the deal, Mike. The left, 10%, 20%, 30%. But if you're winning statewide elections, you're, you got to fool a lot more people, don't you? It's not just that you guys are- You guys are both- 50 plus one. That's all they need. I mean- I, I think you guys are missing it though, because you're- because you're you're on the the anti-abortion pro-life side. I mean, I'm I'm more towards the middle on it. I mean, I'm much more on the pro-choice, you know, pro-abortion side. Um and I think that to someone who is favors abortion rights in, 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 at any stage, restrictions can only be implemented through to- totalitarian means. I mean, we, we talk about things like censoring the internet and central bank digital currency and all these other means for people, for the government to, to over, oversee our lives. There is no way to ban abortion without getting, without either putting doctors in jail or, or 
getting into the, the doctor patient room when the doctor is counseling the woman and, and doing procedures on the woman. And, you know, you can, you, you may think that there's good justification for the government to get in that room. Um, I think sometimes there might be, but um, when you talk about the country's willing to let it go to hell in, in, a, in a handbasket, you know, over abortion, I think that a lot of people view the, you know, free, the freedom to choose on abortion as freedom from tyranny, freedom from totalitarianism. Not to forget that all of them were totally fine with the government being in that room when it came to COVID. So I, I don't. Well, know. But you know what? That goes to the Republican Party. The Republican Party had a chance to to use that wedge. I used it in litigation, and yeah. you know, but the Republican Party and and conservative judges just didn't didn't want to. They weren't interested in it. I still don't understand how. I mean, very few states are going to ban it before 15 weeks. And for that to be that important that the economy is in ruins, the world is totally crazy and everything's going to hell. I it, I still can't understand why that is that important. It, there's something I don't think everything has gone. We see things. We're looking prospectively. Most people are still employed right now. Most people are still okay right now. Let's talk about the grocery stores, which yeah. I luckily don't go into. But from what I'm hearing, things are double, triple, and quadruple what they were for a few years ago. That you can't walk into a grocery store and not spend 200 bucks yeah. coming out with nothing. That's but, a big deal. Yeah, my uh, household budget uh, for um, for groceries has gone up by about 50% in the last few years. So I got to tell you, I got a new bill from Geico. Um, should I do a 15 seconds? Will save me 15%. <laughs> um, stunningly, my car insurance just went up $200 a month, which is- You have a car? I thought you lived in New York City. I didn't know yeah. anybody had cars. So yeah. now it's interesting. <laughs> One of the reasons is New York State sneakily passed something that says, unless you opt out, you now have to spend money on, quote, spousal liability insurance. I don't even know what the heck that means. So you get to opt out on that. The other reason was a minor accident, but they can't tell me how much that was. And the other reason was, quote, unquote, inflation. Our costs have gone up. Car insurance going up $200 a month is so wow. believable to me. So, yeah. I mean, the kitchen table issues are not minor credit card spending is you know debt is supposed to be at an mm -hmm. all-time high mortgages are totally totally out of line so i don't think that's a minor thing at all well, how does somebody in virginia you know run on inflation i mean what what's the what's the play right i mean the, they're not virginia but it, the, the, it's not that they can't of, run on it ed to me i think that we're just we're so forward-looking that we're not most people don't see what we see coming. And yes, there are some issues. People are definitely griping about the cost of eggs, the cost of beef. Yes, I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but you you make it sound like, like we've fallen off the cliff already. And most I mean, people don't think that. Listen, let's not forget, this is an off-year election. Historically, when it comes to being judged on the economy, it's it's... You know, the pre it starts with the president, presidential elections. Um, you know, we're, I, I just don't think that, you know, when people are voting in New Jersey and they're voting in, in, in Virginia, that they're necessarily focused on that, on, on the economy in that 
regard. Your mindset is just different when you're talking about the president of the United States. The buck stops there. You know um, what? You know, Biden has not been Biden has not Biden has not been on the ballot, right? Since since all this uh, has happened. Yeah, but that's that's the Republicans' fault. The Republicans should have put him okay. on the ballot. And, and then and then we go back to last year when we had the midterms and the Republicans blew it. And again, you know, we we talked we were blue in the face about all, all this stuff and how how the Dobbs thing I think impacted everything in that cycle. It was a big variable. And so despite all the inflation, and this is to Stephen's point, right? Which I, I is, think the, that, the, the country could be going to hell in a handbasket, but leftists don't care. That, well, is, leftists, leftists don't abortion care. Abortion is, is one of one of their core things. When inflate when when unemployment hits ten or fifteen percent, people will start freaking out. I, I don't right know. Right now, I don't know if a lot he, of them most will. people have huh? Uh, when it affects you, it will. If you lose, it's like it's like right. Reagan said. It's it's a it's a recession when pe- other people are losing their jobs. It's a depression when you lose yours. So until until it hits that threshold that you're in such pain, people aren't. They don't care. Well, but you're just making the point that I'm making. People aren't feeling pain. You and I, we all, all, all four of us, not enough. See, we see the problems, but they're mostly prospective. They're coming down the pike, but they haven't hit yet. Most people haven't felt it yet, and they don't see into the future the way we do. I mean, I mean, the other thing too is like I, I had a little run in with a leftist over the weekend. Uh, woman was still blaming Reagan and trickle down for our problems. I mean, this is the way liberals think that it's not Biden's fault that there's inflation. Let's go back to Ronald Reagan. So it's his fault. So even though I'm in pain, it's not my guy's fault. I mean, it's like it's ludicrous, you know. So even if they care more about the social issues, when it comes to the economic issues, they're rationalizing a way that it's okay. Not, so it's we know we're just talking about, Forget about talking about the Fed and monetary policy, which is going to go right over their head. Okay, Mike. So you bring social issues. It's not just abortion. The entire LGBT business, the transgender bathrooms, and still. Republicans don't pick things up. So yeah. Republican wants to run on that, though. It's unbelievable. We want to run on it. What's that? We, got, we, got, we want to run on it, but what Republicans are running on the trans stuff? Well, either because they don't think it matters or because they themselves don't care. But if we can't pick those up off the floor and run on those and win, it just proves what I say. This country does not want. <laughs> yeah. What we, I, mean, I mean, period. Um, and I think we're heading why is that the country though? That's that is the Republican Party. Well, the Republican the Party refuses to be a real opposition. That's Ron McDaniel's got a lifetime appointment, right? Who does? Ron McDaniel. Yeah, well, thanks to Trump. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Um, I guess she gets to lose 12 elections before anybody really gives a hoot. I just don't see any reason to believe that based on what happened yesterday. We have a prayer next year. So whether it's abortion, whether it's Trump, I mean, at the moment, Trump's still sailing. Whether or not, it's interesting that the Iowa lady endorsed DeSantis. Does that bode well? Maybe. Yeah. Um, of course, you I know, mean, you mentioned right before the show tonight, I believe yeah. there is a debate that, again, like you said, for the second debate, the fact that we have to ask that means, gee whiz, who cares? On the I other hand, I think there's only... I don't think Kim Reynolds' endorsement bodes well. I think it just it c- confirms what I've been saying all along, that DeSantis is a much stronger candidate than people realize. Trump is not as strong as people realize. Kim Reynolds is not afraid of Trump. She's not afraid of crossing him. 
Okay. Ed, and Ed, I know your Latin's better than mine, but bodes well means from Latin that Ed made a good point. That's what bodes well means. <laughs> okay. It's bodes well. Right. Yeah, I, th I think in that sense, that is interesting that she's not afraid even at this point when Trump's yeah. ahead by 400 billion percentage points. I think in that sense, it's a cool thing. Um, will tonight matter at all? And that is also the opposite reports that I was listening to. Oh, my God. Schweitzer in the car today. And he was analyzing one of these recent polls. And apparently there is reason to believe that if Trump is convicted on any of these charges, it will move even Republicans to not back him. And that the Democrats are correct about going after him, getting a conviction and that will um, freeze him in his tracks. And that's quite interesting as well. But none of this looks good for presidential election next year. That's how I see it. it, it if I'm putting a wager down right now, I'm putting it on the Dems, not the Republicans. I just, yeah. And but, even we're not sure um, who, who's going to be in there. There's increasing pressure. Again, whenever I mention it, you guys don't agree yet, but increasing pressure axelrod more people in the press pushing biden out i don't know if anybody will be shocked if he's pushed out at the convention lots more people are saying their conventions later they're going to wait and see who's who's batting before they put in a picture i well, think see, i think i think that's already baked in the cake i think i don't i don't think biden's going to be the nominee i don't think it's about them pushing him out i think he's already they've already made that decision but you have to understand the Democrats don't believe in letting their voters choose their their people, their candidates. So if they if they make Biden step down now, then they have to have a real primary. Mm -hmm. What they're going to do is they're going to let Biden win the primary and then push him out after the primaries are over next June. And then they'll have an open convention and they'll pick who they want to be president or to be the candidate. They don't want they don't want to submit to the voters ever. And I think that's what's going on. Biden is just going to hold on long enough to to get through the primary season, so that who you know whether it's Gavin Newsom or whoever else. I mean, I can think of a whole bunch of, I mean, there are a whole bunch of people that they might want to bring mm -hmm. in, but people that they don't want to expose during a primary process to to being criticized. It's actually, a brilliant move in that sense. Now, Cruz apparently yeah, said that all along that they're going to replace. What's that, <laughs> Mike? I said it all along that he's going to be replaced. I know, Mike. I know. Yeah, Cruz, Cruz said the other day Michelle Obama is going to be it, which I I was kind of surprised. The only thing about her is I don't know if she wants it. I think she enjoys the high life that she's living. That's what I think said about him. I'm not sure about her and if she could save the world. But does Cruz have credibility? Do you think in that? I worry a little bit. Is that a rhetorical question? No, no. In this, in this, <laughs> what he's saying that he thinks Obama, Michelle Obama, will jump in. I don't know. Well, of course, I think there are people who are um, pushing for Michelle Obama. I mean, that's not. I, we all know that. Um, the question is, you know whether she would want the job and um because it is uh you know whether barack wants her to have the job i don't think barack wants michelle to have that job 
Um, but I'll agree uh, with you on that. Um, she probably should not be on paddle boards, is what you're saying up there in Cape Cod. Well, yeah, no, I don't think that, but still, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's, uh, I, I think Barack, you know, he wants to be the uh, guy. I mean, Michelle is her own person, she's not going to listen. She's not going to be Brock's, um, you know, puppet. Um, I, again, the Democrats have to contend with replacing a black female with a white male. And I guess they can pull that off, but aren't they going to lose a lot of their constituency in a general? You, you mean if they drop Kamala? Well, by definition, she's the next one. So they have to drop her. That Adding that to the Muslim backlash and... Muslims will never vote for Trump, obviously, but there may be a heck of a lot staying home if this continues the way it does. And maybe that's the one ray of hope for Republicans is that the Democrats will lose worse than they will. I don't know. So far, I mean, we've got 52 weeks before the election. So much is going to happen between now and then, not just in the primary campaign and debates, but, you know, war around the world economic and financial situation. I mean, there's so many things that can and will happen. I, you know, predictions today are not worth the paper they'd be written on. Well, that's why people come here for opinions not worth the, the paper. Yeah. That's written. Well, our <laughs> opinions are as good as any of the other people out there. That, that's one thing I'm sure of <laughs> for, what any, for what any opinion is worth. We're ahead of the curve. We're wrong before anyone We're else. Wrong. <laughs> no, some of us are actually right. I, I got to tell you something. It's amazing how many articles come out on a Thursday or Friday that agree with something we said first. I I don't know anything about causality, but yeah. there's definitely correlation. Well, I, I you know just to bring up the you know the obvious elephant in the room. The um, I read an article. I think it's like on the either the 2016 or 2020 is it's like half of the big super PAC donations to the Democrats came from J- Jewish donors and a quarter of the big super PAC donations to Republicans came from Jewish donors. Now we've all talked about like, you know, will, will Jewish voters, you know, switch their votes from Dem to Republican instead of like six, 79, 70, 30, it might be 69 uh, you know, 31. 31. But the real question is, you know, will these Jewish billionaires get get fed up with the rampant anti-Semitism that is uh, in the Democratic Party and maybe like don't put so much money into the Democrats? I mean, I think that's possibly something that might happen. It sure as heck seems. I mean, the you know, the law school business, the UPenn, Cornell, all those things where billionaires are supposedly pulling money out of that definitely is a trend right now um the way it's going now there are jews who have woken up whether they remain that way hard to know but hamas i think again i still insist overplayed its hand and didn't expect the backlash whether there or here for it so that will be interesting my guts well, you got the me, go ahead your gut says what my gut still tells me that liberal Jews, even in the face of all of this, 
may not vote Democrat, but they will never vote Republican. That that's where I hold. Even if the, oh, no. even if the Democrats lose that that money from Jewish donors, they are psych- recycling and laundering money through Ukraine ten times faster than than Jewish voters yeah. could give it. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. I, I don't really care about Jewish voters. Most Jew, Jewish voters are in New York City or Los Angeles. They're not going to. They make no difference whatsoever. to They the have election. a block in Florida, Ed. That's true. There is a block in that's Florida. Where, that's that's the only place where it probably does matter. Possibly Ohio, mm-hmm. a little bit Cleveland, but Florida, they're pretty strong. Right. And Florida is also polarized between a liberal Jews, non-liberal Jews, and between Jews and Muslims. But they are a block in Florida. So that's, that is an interesting place to watch if Florida teeter-totters. On the, well, on the- I mean, it could because I think the Santos is having problems down there. Today, I, I wanted to talk to you less about politics, more well, more about politics, I guess. But to, uh, we were sent by our security people uh, yesterday this um, 14-page planning guide for the demonstrations that were supposed to happen today at various defense-related industrial places. It's 14 pages. I should have put it in the chat. Call for International Day of action, cut ties with occupation and genocide. And it has like a table of contents and how to use this toolkit and, you know, uh, to you know, go demonstrate in front of Lockheed Martin and Boeing and Raytheon and Arthur Grumman and whatnot. And, you know, demands end the siege on Gaza now, allow immediate entry of humanitarian aid, stop funding Israel. Weapons companies must stop producing weapons for Israel, stop profiting from the genocide and occupation of Palestine cut ties with Israel, and and then it talks about the messaging and the, who to call and guidance and like when you, what hashtags to use and like it's this is not spontaneous, right? I mean, this is this is not this is uh, this does not seem to be like who is this fourteen page thing coming from? Well, that uh, it's coming from the uh, it's you know. Uh, end the siege. You know, I mean, I don't know who's coming from, but it, it's got a picture of a, of a Hamas fighter on the uh, front mm-hmm. with the Palestinian flag. I'll put it in the chat. It is nuts. And it's like, who are these people? Uh, because like there are, there have been demonstrations um, throughout the United States and definitely in, in Europe um, in support of the, uh, you know, in support of Hamas and the Palestinians. And like, you know, we can discuss like, maybe Israel's taking too hard a line and, you know, maybe they're not targeting the Hamas and maybe they're accidentally or maybe on purpose uh, hitting civilians. And we can talk about that. That's all something that, that can be talked about. But this is nuts. This is like out of control pro-Palestinian less than a month ago or just over a month ago, these people murdered 1,400 Israelis who are, you know, some just in a music festival, some just in their houses. I mean, this is, you know, that what is going on here? I, I want to hear it now. I, again, when I read, quote, unquote, far right sources, they are anti-Jewish. You know, they are they're <laughs> the Jewish support of the left in the United States sticks in their craw and they're they're definitely pro-Palestinian because they're anti-Jewish. So, you know, anti-Semitism plays a role. But these are all leftists. Where are they? Where is this coming from? Who on the left is doing this? I, I don't understand. 
Um, what do you make of the censure vote against, what was it, Tlaib, who was finally censured and this Congress splitting on this issue with a whole bunch Very. of people willing yeah. to loudly back Hamas? I'm sure everybody heard those two speeches by Bush and Tlaib, I think it was. It was I saw Corey Bush's like speech. Absolutely yeah. maniacs, which... The, the, the Hamas caucus, you're talking about. It they they, like they, they didn't come off as... Uh, as uh, James Madison, uh, you know, I addressing. Uh... No, clearly this stuff is well orchestrated. Um, I wonder if they know, and it's on purpose, that we're basically the anniversary of Kristallnacht. Um, just like the original attack was 50 years from the Yom Kippur mm. War. Again, are they overplaying or do they have a lot more backing than we know about? I well, mean, obviously they have backing. Who is the backing? That's who are these people? Uh, who assume, writes this document? I assume Soros is behind it somewhere. What do you guys make of the insurrection in front of the White House? Oh yeah, I saw that they were paint on the thing as of this vandalizing thing. the uh, the White House ground. I mean, that yeah. is unbelievable. Oh, Clear insurrection. By, nobody can vandalize yeah. the White House more than Biden has already done. So I mean, that's I, the all I know. I know an insurrection when I see it, and that was an okay. insurrection. That was an insurrection. And by the way, I think they were out screaming in the middle of some hearing today, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. again in obstructing congressional proceedings, but nobody mm -hmm. hears. Yeah. Um so I just think America's in a really dangerous place with this polarization between I mean I'm sorry. Weren't they uh, protesting in New York again today? Um, yeah. Could be. I think there was a pro-Israel thing also scheduled for today, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. So I live in a enclave, um, an upper middle class, mostly Italian, Greek, some Jews, lots of Asians at the moment. We heartily reelected a loudmouth Republican city council person who is even the Democrats like her because she get things done, which is quite interesting. So she won pretty handily. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, I lost my train of thought. What were we on right before that? Oh, yes. This is what I wanted to say. So we're standing outside the um, polling place yesterday. And the lady who's kind of hawking Paladino, who's our councilwoman, shows us and emphasizes for us the literature being put out between the two candidates and the one opposing her, this guy, Tony Avella, who's well known in the community, you know, pretty leftist, has, shall we say, not distanced himself from the Hamas wing of the party. And obviously he's accused her of being a Nazi. She's accusing him of being a pro-Hamas. So it's hitting even in a very local area. And one guy came by with a Trump T-shirt and I mean, a non-Jew, and he went off on this guy, Avello, because of his either support or tepid opposition to Hamas. I mean, this is hitting the streets, even in neighborhoods where I wouldn't expect it to hit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because there's so much focus on the border and people coming here illegally. And I'm looking at some of the people that are here that have come here legally, right? Presumably. <laughs> A lot of them have come here legally. And are they embracing American values? Because I, I certainly don't see that. I'm, you know, when you're you're backing a terrorist organization, 
right? That just committed all kinds of acts of atrocities, murdering young people, um, you know, raping women and everything. Uh, what are they doing here? You know, I mean, ruining our country is what they're doing here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're supposed to be able to control. Like I said, forget about the border because we know we know that's illegal. We're supposed to be controlling who comes here legally. Who who wants to become a citizen? You're supposed to want to become an American. You're supposed to learn about America and how our system works and and want to embrace those values. I'm not, I'm not seeing that. I think we just let anybody in. Well, we do let anybody in, and I think. We're going to wake up one day and it's too late because there will be some kind of much. again in this country. And I think we'll be shocked at how the balance has changed. It's no longer, you know, 10,000 on that side. It's going to be hundreds of thousands on that side. And they organize better than, you know, the wasps. And that's why we're seeing these unbelievable rallies. And, you know, we had that guy who was killed in L.A. I don't know if you guys heard about it. Yeah, I saw that. Um it bothered me that they kept calling him elderly and he's my age, but we'll leave that for the moment. <laughs> but And he probably was hit and fell and got killed. Now, had it been the reverse and he killed a Muslim, obviously front page news. Um, just We're not heading in a good place. I try to see it not as a Jewish person, not as an Israeli, but the country's being torn apart by this. By design. Quite possibly. Yeah. And again, when the genie's out of the bottle, they don't care that they can't control it. Right. But but some of us normal people will. It I mean, does seem like, uh, well, um, Lauren Southern had a video today uh, uh, entitled um, the current, you know, the current thing. And, you know, her point is, you know, um, the, you know, first, the current thing was, was uh, Trump, you know, not Nazi. And then the current thing was COVID's going to kill us all. And the current thing is wear a mask. Then the current thing was, you know, to get the shot. And then the current thing was the war in Ukraine. And now the current thing is, is, um, is Israel versus Palestine. And, and the current thing is kind of, you know, pro Israel, I guess, but I guess, you know, in a lot of ways, the, the current thing could either be, you know, back Israel to the hilt or back Hamas to the hilt. I mean, it seems like the current thing doesn't allow for any nuance. You, you know what I mean? There, there's no, like, there's no ability to say, okay, well, maybe the Israelis made a mistake here, or did that, or maybe, you know, the blockade, maybe that was too much or what, you know, I, there's no ability for nuance. It's like, it's like people get their downloads and then they go out and act without thinking. Um, and well, I, it sure I, doesn't know. look like people are talking. It looks like people are screaming and cursing at each other and even shoving. And it's not a great place to be. No, not at all. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I, I can't stand Biden, obviously, but I think he's in a pretty interesting situation where he's a little bit holding the pro-Israel line, but under tremendous pressure from the other side. And considering his brain probably doesn't work anyway, this is just a really weird position to be in. You know, every day they're back in another ceasefire, supposedly. Um, supposedly he calls up Netanyahu, tells him what he's got to do. And personally, I'm happy Netanyahu is telling him where to get off. Who's actually making the decisions in the White House? No clue. Not sure if anybody has a clue. But every day that the war continues over there, there's more pressure here. So. Yeah. 
And I, I, you know, and again, this is, uh, this is not, this is not going to be a short war. They've surrounded Gaza city and, you know, it's like the dog who's caught finally caught the car. Um, now what do you do with it? Right. Um, it's, it's going to be a long, hard slog. And then you've got the other two thirds of Gaza to deal with. And, you know, again, if, if it took the Soviets two weeks to flatten and kill every German defender in Berlin, but they didn't care about innocent life. Um, the Israelis do, despite all the propaganda to the contrary. And so, like, what do you do? It's very difficult to, you know, uh, from a military perspective, the Soviet approach to Berlin, you know, looks tempting. Um, but the Israelis don't want to do that because everybody has a cell phone. And God knows whether the videos you see are from Israeli strikes or from bad Hamas or who knows. But um, and not only does everybody have a cell phone, but Israel's got to provide the Internet and the electricity for it. Yeah, well, of course, we talked about that's ridiculous. Yeah. We should just shut that off. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there is a sort of suicidal... We, we don't fight wars with moral righteousness anymore. And I say that with everyone on the left. Uh, we would never allow all of these um, illegal migrants into the country if we had civilizational confidence. It's like, you have your own countries. Go back to them. Um, and to, yeah. we, wouldn't, we wouldn't fight in Afghanistan and, and allow and deliberately allow the, the uh, Al Qaeda to get away because we didn't we didn't want to you know we didn't want to hurt their feelings. Um, we wouldn't fight in Iraq at all. But even if we did fight in Iraq, we we would actually destroy the enemy. Uh, and we just we have no civilizational confidence. And I, I I don't think I think it's the Israelis too. They don't have any civilizational confidence either. I mean the you know the the original Zionists were. You know, in a lot of ways, millenarian, right? I mean, that's a Christian term, but you know, I mean, they were they were uh, almost crazy in their their desire to uh, create the Jewish state, but their their progeny don't have a whole lot of desire to keep it. Well, for me, that depends on which station I listen to. Um, <laughs> no, it's a very split country, so you get totally different pictures from which radio station you listen to. Now, we're also up against, what, on the 17th? We need another uh, CR omnibus. Is that the date? Yeah, next Friday. And what's it looking like? The usual cave? Giving it to everything? Where's it heading now that we're only a week out? Um, Well, cave is the Republican motto. Logo, yeah. Yeah, so... Even under this great new speaker? Yeah, Mike, you haven't weighed in on it yet. That was a I, yeah, but listen, I don't know what there is to say. It's like Ed said a couple of weeks back, like shrug, who cares? Well, what, what difference does it make? Well, first of all, he does yeah. not, he does not let his children access porn on their phones. Oh, that's good. So obviously he's not a good guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean, in in this current day and age, no. Wow. The things we find to very repressive with what's that? Very repressive. Very. Um, Apparently, he wants to ban books from uh, from school libraries, right? I mean, are we going to move at all towards normalcy fiscally? 
or nothing. Believe it when I see it. <laughs> Who's in favor of normalcy in Washington? <laughs> well, this kind of, you know, behavior has been normal since Clinton, right? I mean, this is... Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, this is normal. This going from week to week, not knowing whether you're going to be able to go into work again if you're a government employee. And not all government employers are com- employees are completely waste of money and time. So it's it's like I I don't know I I don't know whether anybody can fix this. I think I, I heard think- that our debt, um, the interest payments are now hitting a trillion dollars a year. Is that correct? Well, apparently, so. though, th- this is interesting because it is the only time that liberals really care about economic conditions, right? So they say, we got as long as we keep that spigot open and keep it going, but it doesn't matter if uh, I'm paying twice as much for groceries this year. You know, fascinating how it works. <laughs> well, I get, you know, uh, it's Bongino always says... The Republicans may not fix anything, but the Democrats are always the cause of the problems. And well, sometimes the Republicans well, cause the problems, right? The EPA was an invention of Nixon, right? Well, yeah, he bequeathed all kinds mm-hmm. of good stuff to us. But the sad part is, if the Democrats win next November, we're dead, and if the Republicans win next November, we're dead. And I'm not every, sure what every election is. is the most important election we've ever seen. It is, but the Republicans are so little different than the Democrats. Yeah. It's not like even if you get the hard fart win that you move anything very much. And that's right. Yeah. Really is running out. Yeah. Well, let me let me defend Trump for a second though. Uh-oh. Ed, Ed, Ed. <laughs> Oh, what is happening? Trump was all talk and no, mostly talk and very little action. But the reality is his talk has changed some of the discussion in Republican circles. I mean, we haven't yet got to action, but at least the terms of debate are, I think they're in the process of changing. And, you know, it's up to us to try and build on that, whether we have enough time to make those, to, to, to let those changes you know, uh, grow and, and, and germinate. I'm not sure if we have the time, but, um, we need a new breed of Republican or we need a new party. Uh, the old Republican party has one purpose and that's to stand in the way of anyone opposing the Democrats. And, you know, Trump, Trump bought into some of that. I mean, Trump, you know, we talked about abortion before Trump is, Trump is trying to, you know, he, he's he tries to work with the Democrats on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I he think that, he needs 45 minutes to make a deal on abortion or is it 25 minutes? He's all talk. Yeah, I mean, everybody, talk. everybody will be happy. You know, I, I was going back to investigate the lead up to the Ohio abortion ballot measure. And one thing the Republicans did try to do there was to um, up the threshold to 60 percent in order for the measure to pass. So there was actually another referendum in in uh, there was a vote in August that failed. And, you know, I'm contemplating all this. And, you know, Ed, Ed, we had a little a quick exchange today. You said you believe this is just like democracy. Right. I mean the people deciding and the uh 
And the people of Ohio had every right to bring the initiative forward. They played by the rules. I think the language of the the constitutional amendment is somewhat deceptive, right? It does talk about abortion, but it talks about reproductive rights and all that kind of malarkey. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm saying to myself, to get to only have a simple majority to amend a state constitution, and it's not even coming from the elected representatives in in the legislature. It's not supposed to be that easy. I mean, it, it, you know, it's the same thing here in New Jersey to some extent. Like the legislature can vote the first year on a proposed constitutional amendment, and they need three fifths. If they don't get it, as long as they get a majority in the next legislative session, it goes on the ballot. In Ohio, you have people getting signatures. A constitutional amendment goes on the ballot and they only need 50 plus one. I mean, you know, we don't amend the federal constitution without what three fifths in, in, in Congress and then three quarters of the states. It's supposed to be hard and it's supposed to be hard for a reason. But in some places, it's, it's too damn easy. In Virginia, it's, uh, and it's, it's pa- it passed sense. by the legislature. So by majority of the legislature signed by the government and then put on the ballot two consecutive elections between two consecutive elections but there has to be a change and uh yeah you know everybody in the legislature has to be up for a vote right. so like, it takes know, a while personally my perspective is you know we shouldn't be willy-nilly amending the constitution no matter what on on arguably policy issues you know i mean new, new jersey's done it for like open space and all this other crap i mean these are supposed to be policy matters for the most part that's why we have elected representatives to try to figure this out. Now, I'm not against the initiative and referendum to a point, but again, I mean, if it's going to be a constitutional amendment, at the very least, it, it should be harder. I, I mean, it should that's be a good point, Mike. You know, our system is supposed to protect the rights of the minorities, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is just a way to th- get things trampled on. And, and the flip side of this is, again, the Republican Party, if this is the game that, that wants to be the Democrats want to play, then take advantage of it. I mean, we could think of a host of issues, uh, immigration and guns and everything that the God only knows what we could come up with the past and shove it into a constitution and say, that's it, it's over, because we know it's never going to be repealed. I mean, <laughs> you Isn't know, Ohio a swing state in the presidential not really it anymore. It's been re- reliably read the last couple of times. So that's even worse that they were so easily able to well, face this. This is because the, because the legislature had really no say. The leftists they they exploited the system again fairly. Those were the rules. They got they got the signature and they put it on the ballot. That's but they, they got the do. vote. I'm saying this is a quote red state getting such a vote because because their initiative and referendum allow this to happen. The legislature had had no say. Governor had no say. Right, but those are the same people who vote in a presidential election. So all I'm saying is how reliably read is such a state? I, again, I think the language of the, the amendment was somewhat deceptive. Right? Right? That they weren't just going to say, uh, here's a constitutional amendment about uh, partial birth abortion. That the, can, can we uh, abort the baby at the, the, the eight months and you know 25 days? The city <laughs> here, gonna be like we that. had two ballot measures yesterday. I literally could not figure out what they said. It was a triple negative. It's always a that no, way. A no vote will register your opposition to excluding. 
Wow. Third but most, of these, most of these measures pass. It's very I hard to stop. No them. clue what it was saying. I'm telling you, most of these most of these measures stop. I mean, uh, pass. They get, people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, my default mode right now is it's always no. It's just no, no, no. I don't care. No. No, but when they have enough negatives, the no can mess you up. That's the problem. But I mean, again, it was it's an off it was off year in Ohio too, right? They didn't have only New, New Jersey and Virginia have significant elections, right? So you don't need a big turnout. So, and they ended up not getting the sixty percent. I believe they got like fifty six percent. That's still a pretty big victory, though. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying right that you're wrong about that, but my point earlier about there being a higher threshold, I think there should be. Right, but isn't I think you're right about that? I think that's a good written? point. What'd you say, Steve? Isn't that how their constitution was written, though, to be amended easily? Um, I, I again, I'm not an expert on the Ohio state constitution. They may have, at some point amended the state constitution to have the initiative and referendum because i did look up the ohio state constitution i mean obviously it's there right the ability to bring these uh measures forward so at some point in their history they they amended their constitution yeah but uh, awfully stupid to, to set it up the way they did it's one again it's one thing if the statute all right you convinced me i'm not moving there and i'm then- not sure where we can go <laughs> Adam, what is the status now of the gag orders on Trump? Are you up to date or to the minute? Um, I confess that I'm not up to date on to the minute. I know they're that all stayed. Before. They're all stayed. They're all stayed. Yeah, except for the one that like you can't insult the that clerk or something. But but they're mostly stayed due to uh, due to. Um, You know, appeals. Appeals. They filed motion. I mean, I, yeah. I, he said that he was going to appeal. And and I mean, I told I said on this show that we that he should be appealing and filing motion emergency motions to to for a stay. I hadn't heard how it had how it had turned out. So I'm glad to hear well, in D.C. It, it looks like that one was overturned. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, it looks like. Um I don't know. Did you guys see? It's it's more of a local. I guess it's not local because it's Trump. This YouTube where Letitia James is saying how it's horrible that people accuse her of being biased against Trump, and then they have a clip of her screaming her head off about Trump, and then and there's like clip, 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 and she's so totally unhinged while she's now trying to say how fair and how you know. Yeah, yeah I did see that. Again, yeah, I mean, obviously that will matter. Obviously, there is a conflict of interest there. You can't get elected on I'm going to put Trump in jail and then all of a sudden go and and try and put Trump in jail. I need to watch her pretend now that, oh, no, I was never biased. Yeah. Forgetting, of course, that the Internet is forever. Which you think she would know. So. Yeah. And uh, anybody follow Ivanka testifying at all? No, I'm not. no. I mean, it, they're going to put it. They're going to put him in jail. They're going to put him in. I, I, there's no. They're going to convict him, or they're going to put him in jail. Because somebody else said today, there's no way he's going to jail. I've been saying for months that there's no other way for this to end other than for him to be in jail. 
Yeah, I, I've come around to Ed's viewpoint. I, 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 I listened to an interview with Martin Shkreli yesterday with uh, Tucker Carlson. He was the um, farm executive who was uh, imprisoned basically for not being nice to Congress. Um, and, and he said that there's just no way to win against the feds. There's just, there's just no way to win there. There, the way not the system the, is designed it, the way the system is designed. He said, you've got a, a better chance of being acquitted in Russia than you do in us federal court. There's, there just isn't any way to win. Um, so Trump that, is going to be convicted. This is, this is a political prosecution. Well, and I mean, so they are in Russia, too, you know, know and that's the whole point. My point is the Democrat base that's pushing for this won't accept anything other than jail for him. Yeah. There's no there's no deal to be made. Trump. Wants the other interesting deal. thing is that from Screlly's point of view is that uh, that Trump is popular in the uh, in the in the prison. Now, he wasn't in a hardcore, you know, murderous prison. He. He was in a, a, a low, lower security one, but he said, yeah, the people in the prison, especially the African-Americans, love Trump. They love the First Step Act. They love the fact that Trump uh, relates to, um, you know, working people and minorities. Now, I, again, that didn't sort of show up in the in the voting, but then felons don't vote, right? So um, I think if he's sent to jail, he'll be... Uh, He'll be a superstar in jail. I still don't see it, and definitely not before an appeal. So you're right. They want him in jail, but it would take years and years and years. I, I just don't buy it. I do want to um, – I have to go on, uh, you know, immediately at, at 7. So there, there are two other stories. The, well, the one is that Stephen Crowder released the manifesto of the Nashville school shooter uh, yesterday morning um, that somebody leaked to him. You know, they had kept it um, – they kept the government has had kept it secret for months and months and months and was never going to release it. And it showed that he was, even though the, the shooter himself or herself, I guess it was a woman taking testosterone, pretending to be a man who was the shooter. And, you know, testosterone is bad enough when it's in a, a boy's body, much less a girl's, but um, motivated by anti-white hatred. That was what the manifesto, anti-white hatred, and to a certain extent, anti-Christian hatred, because it was a Christian school that the kid, that the um, this woman slash man slash whatever, this they them shot up. And so um, that's why they were keeping it uh, hidden. That's why, oh, and, and any mention of this, uh, of, of showing the documents was banned on YouTube, banned on Facebook. Allowed on Twitter. So that was one thing. And, and the other thing, I, I read through the um, the Seventh Circuit. Uh, AR-15s are not protected by the Second Amendment. It's not quite as bad as it sounds. It is bad. It is dumb. It is like these people don't know what they're doing. They obviously were trying to. Um, they, they obviously, it was results-based justice. Um, but it was a overturning of a stay from the district court. Illinois passed a law banning assault weapons, which they define stupidly like everybody else. And then a district court judge 
said, this is obviously unconstitutional and put a stay on it. And it was the appeals court overturning the stay. So now the law is in effect, but there is going to be a trial and uh, it will be fought out in the normal way. So it wasn't quite as bad as everybody thought it was. Right. Just for meanwhile, they're illegal. Yes, it it. You know, obviously, every new, every old Air 15 or, you know, AK-47 or whatever is grandfathered in, according to the law. You just can't bring in new ones or buy new ones or sell new ones or that sort of thing. So it's not it's not like they just made millions of people into felons. Yeah. Um, Did you follow the Second Amendment case at the Supreme Court? I did not. Did you follow it at all, Ed? Uh, Which well, Second Amendment case? When uh, Alu mentioned it last week, I, uh, I I'd read up a little bit on it on uh, domestic violence restraining orders. Uh, I think it was a Texas case where um, you know a woman goes and gets a domestic violence restraining order against her boyfriend, and under the state law, he's not allowed to own a firearm during the pendency of that. Uh, possess, possess. He's allowed to own it. He's not allowed to possess it. But okay, got it. What's the difference between owning and possessing? Um, you can give it to someone to hold until the end of the restraining order. But oh, okay. yeah, I, but you can't thing. borrow. But you can't borrow your friends, right? Even you can't borrow your friends, right? Yeah. So, um, they uh, they warned him that you know they warned him that he they were taking his license away and that he had to surrender his guns and he refused and. Uh, he actually pled guilty to to some to some of the charges, but reserve I think reserved a right to appeal, and he's appealing that the that the statute itself that divests him of his guns <clears throat> violates the Second Amendment under Broom, and um, mm-hmm. the justices were apparently pretty skeptical of his claim, um, whereas. Uh, I was reading a couple of discussions about the the briefs that were filed. The government's brief apparently was just basically to ignore Brune and and pretend like it didn't happen. Um, And apparently the justices, even supposedly the conservative justices, were sympathetic to the the government's argument. Um, And, I mean, in fairness, uh, I don't know. I'd want to read the briefs. I mean, I I don't have a strong position one way or the other on it. Um, Brune says that, that they couldn't, that as long as there's a tradition of of regulation in a particular area, it's it's allowable. And the government's position is basically that the government has always been allowed to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people. Um, the 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 real issue to me then is, well, how do you just establish whether someone is dangerous, especially at the domestic violence restraining order stage, where it's sort of a preliminary, you know, there's no final finding. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it sort of seems like a policy issue to me. Uh, I'm not sure I like the, the idea of judges making a final decision one way or the other. Um, you know, I, I think that if the legislature decides that we want to protect, you know, the, the girlfriends that are being shot to death, I'm not sure that I'm opposed to taking that power away from them, but The most, uh, you know, obviously most murders are gang related, um, but, you know, of the subset that is left after that 50 or 60 percent of um, 
of murders. There is a substantial amount, which is, um, which is due to domestic violence. So it, it right. is certainly people, people who want to kill their wives always don't do it because it's illegal for them to have a gun. Yeah. Um, so you, it gets back to like, is this really an effective mechanism? I got for... 100% against it. Um, I spent way too many years in custody battles and divorce courts to know you can get a temporary restraining order for absolutely nothing. I know. No process yeah. whatsoever. Well, that's why I said. And, and that's the thing. It's like you can't, have, you can't have any constitutional right taken away without an, an adversarial hearing, right? And, and that's nothing. the problem is there aren't any adversarial hearings in a lot of these. I remember once when I was in court in Jersey and right before my thing, there was a guy there who was thrown out of his house on a temporary restraining order. And I think it was the judge asking the lady, um, did he ever hit you? No. Did he ever threaten you? No. Have you ever had any reason to be afraid of him? No. Okay, we're going to waive this order. But meanwhile, the guy was thrown out of his house for five days. And I, if he would have had weapons, which is unlikely New Jersey, he would have lost them. Now, I don't know if you know that in some states, if you lose your weapons to a restraining order, you have to go back to court to get them even after the restraining order expires. Um, I don't know what the average retainer fees are where you guys are, but they can run between $2,500 and $20,000. Yeah. So that's what you pay to get your stuff back taken on a restraining order that needs literally nothing. So I'm 100% opposed to that. And by the way, there's many other ways to kill people, as we all know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't even know that I'm so happy with restraining orders. It puts me in a bad position because, Mike, are you aware what a screener is in New Jersey? A screener? A screener. Uh, as far as um, applying for a gun? No, no. Ed, you ever hear of uh, psychiatric screeners? Oh, psychiatrics. Yeah, it's a great yeah. law. It's actually a phenomenal system that New Jersey had. I liked it a lot. But basically, you can become a screener just by promising to take a course, but you can do it with my degree, which is licensed clinical social worker. And on my one signature, I can detain somebody for 24 hours using the cops. And I have the libertarian part of me is very... Very, very uh, ambivalent about that, because I, literally on my say so in many states, you need two people or you need a judge after 24 hours than any any doctor, which could be a proctologist. Yeah, but by, it's a by proper the way, function, it's a proper function of government to protect people from objective threats of others. There's no, OK, objective is, threat was subjective by my decision. What's well, objective about that? Well, no, I mean, it doesn't become subjective just because you have an opinion on it. I mean, if your opinion is grounded in fact, then it's an objective opinion. But that's the that's really where the, the rubber meets the road. How do you how do you put safeguards in place to make sure that you have a, a objective facts that back up the the divesting of the constitutional right? Right. That's but very game. rarely are there, quote, objective facts. It's usually gray in those areas, somebody's going to hurt themselves or others. It's usually gray. And I still have a right to pull them off the street and take them out of their lives for 24 hours. Which that's the whole thing. It's gray. It, it's gray, but yet you're looking for a bright line rule. And, and before, that's, but, that's an objective. Before you deprive someone of liberty, you're supposed to have a bright line rule because that's what it says in the good book. 
So that's where I'm stuck. It does say that. Now, obviously, the founders didn't realize that people could be dangerous because they would have written unless there's a restraining order or unless there's a screener. I mean, it says what it says. You can't be deprived of liberty without due process. Due process is not one guy saying you're dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm very ambivalent. I have to uh, I have to go, All unfortunately, right, tonight, and I will see you again next week. See you next That's week, Ed. Yeah. I'm going to need to get going pretty soon, too. Good. Let's wrap up. What didn't we talk about, Mr. Mike? Um, well, seeing as I haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, uh, I just wanted to quickly mention one victory that took place in New Jersey. Um, th- there was a company called Orsted, a Danish wind farm company, and they were scheduled to put litter South Jersey from like Cape May uh, to around Atlantic City with wind turbines off the Jersey Shore. Um, one of the groups down there that I've known for a long time, Liberty and Prosperity, fought that. I think there were local fishermen against it. And again, you guys may remember some of the news reports about a lot of the whales coming up ashore in New Jersey that were dying. Um, clearly, it, it well, it most likely appears that that was because of the sonar that they were using as part of preparation for putting the turbines in. Uh, well, suddenly Orstad pulled out, despite getting, I think, uh, several hundred million dollars from the state of New Jersey to begin the projects. And um, they claimed it was because of inflation and unforeseen market circumstances that they pulled out. Um, But I think it's pretty evident as well that there was significant public opposition. Um, A couple of Republican New Jersey lawmakers, congressional lawmakers, were also against it, including Jeff Andrew, who I think uh, represents down the Cape May area. Um, So it shows that uh, sometimes... Some of the politicians can do the right things and we can fight some of these battles and win. It reminds me a little bit about when I was at Americans for Prosperity and we fought some of these issues. Um, But I don't think that Orsted's decision was made in in, in a vacuum in terms of just economic ones. I think they were feeling the heat and they they pulled out. So to speak. Yeah. (laughs) I was very surprised that a a strong liberal... That I'm familiar with here. Um, the other night proclaimed wind energy is a total sham. It has absolute mm-hmm. future. It's ridiculous. Coming from somebody far left. Yeah. And that it really blew my mind to put yeah. words. Well, so. offshore wind is the most expensive way to p- produce electricity on the planet. It's been that way for quite a long time now. Um, Not to mention how we build them, how we get rid of them, it's right. <laughs> how we exactly. transport those big things. Yeah, but I was birds and whales. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the the birds. Okay, that's the only story you missed, Mike. Oh well, no, but I mean, we're short on time, and I kind of get to get going too. So, (laughs) all right, we're gonna hand it off to Cal to clean it up. I think we covered all the stories from the week. Uh, Well, we have a Republican debate tonight. We'll see if anything interesting comes out of it. Um, It's been a good week, and. You know, we're getting ready to, you know, we're we're now less than a year out from presidential elections. So, yeah. you know, the game is starting. I mean, to me, the only thing really to tie the bow is just my perspective on what we're, we're seeing uh, with these elections. I still see a continual drift to the left. And 
A lot of it is on the Republican Party for not being willing to stand for things and fight. Um, but I just I see us lo losing ground more than we're gaining it, if you will. Um, and, and, and I don't know the, the answer. Well, right. Mike, what I've always said is, not always, for a very long time, Democrats drive off the cliff on 100 miles an hour and Republicans drive off the cliff yeah. 20 miles an hour. Either right. way, going off the cliff. But we, we talk a lot about culture, and I and I think that's where most of this stems from when we talk about the fact that liberals don't care about economic issues as, as much. They care about abortion and all this other stuff. Um, it's ve it's a, a very secular movement. Um, but I just I just see us consistently losing losing ground and um you know it it's it's tough to fight back when you don't have a party that really um listens to its base and and is a real opposition party on base. a lot of they spit at them well <laughs> there's that yeah like bongino says they hate your guts yeah so but the, the other component real quick is that i there are a lot of people on the right and I, I see these voices, I hear them, and they're like, they don't want to wage this battle on, on, the, on the cultural issues. And that's where the battle is, right? I mean, that, that's where the battle is. And if we don't win there, and I know, Ed, you've, you've said this, we're not going to win on the economic issues. We're not going to win the other policy issues if we're not winning the culture. We're just mm -hmm. not going to do it. I do think, though, that, that, that there, there are better cultural issues than abortion right now. And especially after Dobbs, I think the Republicans would be smart to just, you know, if these left wing places want to have abortion, let them have it. But don't let them have the trans agenda. Don't let them have, yeah. you know, poisoning our children's minds. I mean, those seem like bigger battles to, to fight. Um, but the left isn't, just, the, the left isn't just fighting that abortion issue on, on blue turf. They went into Ohio and they got something done. But the reality is, I mean, I, I hate to sound cynical about it, but it's not like conservative Christians are aborting their babies. If the enemy is aborting their babies and killing their own, you know, people, I mean, it's an unfortunate. I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. Um, and I say that as someone who I get, you know, again, is relatively pro-choice. You know, I still don't like abortion. Um, but if that's if that seems like a poor uh, use of resources to fight the battle of, you know, letting the letting the leftists reproduce, you know, let them kill themselves off. You know, we can fight that battle later and and deal with it later. Uh, there are much more important things. I mean, conservative Christians are sending their kids into the schools and and having their kids destroyed in the schools. And that's different than abortion. Abortion is something that, you know, you can just as long as you don't believe in it, you don't you know, you don't. Uh, you know, you don't abort your babies. So I that's that's my take on the cultural issues. I, I do think that the cultural issues are paramount, but um making but not it about that, not that that one. smart to me. Huh? The other ones. You're yeah. right. There's plenty of cultural yeah, there, issues. There are a lot of them, and, and this one's a hot potato. Like the judge, so far, the, not, the judge who told me. people in his courtroom they have to identify their pronouns. So anyway. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. We'll be back next week at regular time, hopefully with a full compliment. And please send feedback to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com. Enjoy your evening, even if you watch the debate. And be well. Bye.